0: And welcome to this week's edition of This Woman Can. I have a fabulous interview for you this week with Sophia Alubala. But don't take my word for it, I'm going to go straight into the interview so you can hear all all the gems she was spilling. And don't forget, you can email me, you can contact me, you can message me, all the channels. I am Janice Sutherland on Facebook and Instagram to tell me how you found this week's episode, because I am so excited for you to hear it. I can't wait. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of This Woman Can, as I continue having some marvellous, fabulous, even if I say so myself, interactions and interviews with women in the STEAM sector. Now, my guest this week is Sophia Olubala, and she's the founder and CEO of We Code Caribbean. An NGO based in Trinidad that focuses on inspiring youth, particularly girls and children from rural communities to get involved and excited about STEAM FM and STEM related fields now the ambition of the organization is to equip 21st century digital natives with the requisite tools to be absolutely disruptive and i love that disruptive i love that word the work of the organization is centered around the empowerment of pioneers who are daring enough to solve problems within the region and globally sophia has spent over 20 years in in the area of english language and literature she has studied at the University of the West Indies, reading for a degree in Literatures of English, with a minor in Psychology, then a master's degree in Educational Psychology at the University of the Southern Caribbean. Sophia is also the founder of Mansa Musa Academy, and I hope I haven't butchered that name, Sophia, an mm-hmm. elementary homeschooling program that merges African concepts of community and scholarship with various aspects of technology and sustainability. So, as you can expect, my inquisitiveness is definitely peaked, Sophia. <laughs> so, um, welcome yeah. to this week's This Woman Can.
1: Uh, Thank you very much for having me, Janice. It's an incredible feeling to be here with you and to share with your platform and your audience the work of WeCode Caribbean.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And something, Little Bird, tells me it's your birthday today.
1: It is. And I get to vacation in Antigua today, virtually, of course, but still very exciting. So thank you very much, COVID-19 and Janice.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. We aim to please. We aim to please. That's right. So Sophia, um, tell us about your journey and, you know, it's it's. there it seems to be such a lot you've accomplished so far and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yes. Yeah, so first of all, I have to say, Janice, that everything sounds so much more elevated when it's uh, read with an English accent. <laughs> so my bio just seemed incredibly, oh. um, it's so awesome the way you read it. I myself was sitting there and like, Is that you she's talking about? So thank you. Well done. Um, Yeah. So as you said um, in my bio, my background is in education. That is my passion. I understand very intimately the type of revolution that we need to embark on in the Caribbean Mm -hmm. if we are to keep up with global demands for technology and if we are to keep 21st century minds engaged in education. And uh, one of the ways that I have found to do that is by focusing on STEAM-FM. And uh, STEAM-FM is unique in that we do focus on STEAM areas. But the FM portion of it is that stands for financial management.
0: Okay, It's an
1: area, yes. So it's an area that I feel that children must understand comprehensively from a very young age. And our target is between the ages of 7 to 17. And we think children need to understand financial management and all the aspects that deal with finances at that very tender age and then beyond. Excellent.
0: So for the listeners who or what the viewers who are not clear on what the acronym STEAM stands for I knew I, I know it and I did I didn't know the FM part I must admit, can you just explain okay. what the STEAM sector, the STEAM sector covers?
1: All right, so STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts which is very important for us, and then mathematics. Of course, the FM portion we added on, that term was coined by our financial advisor, Ms. Necker Esdell. and she has very strong feelings and opinions about young people understanding finances. So we felt as if we had to amend STEAM to incorporate that very crucial aspect.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think back to my um, my experience of financial management—I didn't have an awful lot—and very quickly, as a as a young woman, young teenager, I accrued mm-hmm. a lot of debt because I didn't understand financial management because it was easily accessible at the time in the UK. Yes. So um, I totally and it took me a it, it took me a lot longer to get out of it than it did to get into it. So yes. uh, so I think that's a real crucial cool. part. Yeah, I think that's a real crucial part. So, so your journey. So, you've been education. So, tell us a little bit more. So, tell us a little more about WeCode Caribbean.
1: WeCode Caribbean was founded by myself, mm-hmm. but it really was inspired by my four-year-old son. He's four years old now, but it was inspired by his birth. Right. Um, because I knew that I wanted to educate him very differently, mm-hmm. and I knew that the education system that was that currently obtains would not be sufficient. Right. Um, I looked at the inadequacies. Of course, I've been in education for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I am well... Um, I, I, I know very much that the system is lacking on various levels. Right. So by the time he was 10 months, he could understand at least four different languages and respond to verbal cues. Then by the time he started to speak, he could speak in four languages. And I thought it was so amazing that he could understand and then communicate in four different languages, sometimes simultaneously. So I would speak to him in either Yoruba, Swahili, French or English. We did English last So we wanted to start off with an African language because for me, um, bringing a child into an an environment that really speaks to his cultural heritage Mm -hmm. is very important to the way that it would shape his destiny and the parts that would uh, unroll in his life. So for Mm -hmm. us, our heritage is very African, very Afrocentric. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted him to have his native tongue in a language that we really um, feel that was important for him to adopt, yeah? So um, when he became a lot older, I could see signs that he loved science and math. Right. And uh, while that was celebrated, Inside I died a little because my <laughs> love is English, right? So I had, to, I had to give way to science and math. I, I do try with the reading with him, but he, he loves experiments. He likes to build. Yeah. And when I thought about, and he was homeschooled for all of his life. Um, and then I thought about, what if this organization takes on a life of its own it becomes hugely successful, and I have to relinquish my responsibility in educating him. Right. Who yeah. would I put in charge yeah. of that responsibility? And there was nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There was nothing that was available that would continue the work that I was doing. And so I said, if there was nothing available, mm-hmm. then I would create it. So that is how we called Caribbean was born through him, this little vessel that was coming into this earth and just causing so much disruption to what was the norm and what was accepted. We wanted something else for him, something that would really help him move into the 21st century effortlessly mm-hmm. and with all of the support that he would need to be successful in life.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, I love that, love that, love that story. And when he gets older, you'll take great delight of telling him how influential he was in making We Code Caribbean a a reality, a reality. So Sophia, you were in in education, you started, you you were in education. What was your key motivator for that career choice?
1: So I, I never chose... be a teacher uh teaching shows me i have tried my best janice my best (laughs) to run away from the classroom because i think what we need to really understand um is that you teach last Mm -hmm. when you get into a school compound when you get into a classroom the last thing you do is open a textbook and teach the first things you do you become a mummy, you become a nurse, you become a psychologist, you become a guide, you become an... So all of those things is what teaching really is. And for someone like me who is incredibly empathetic, Mm -hmm. it weighs on you emotionally at times because you feel very helpless, very vulnerable most Mm -hmm. days. And uh, you want to know how much of yourself you can give to these children who desperately need you. And while I was teaching, I was realizing that there was, there were areas that needed more attention than the areas that were getting the attention. Right,
0: right.
1: So more, more emphasis was placed on the school plant, the physical structure, and less on the children that inhabited that space. Yeah. And I thought about the fact that I wanted an educational program that focused on the needs of children. Mm. Yes. And in so doing, it would inform everything else that uh, eventually would incorporate the space you know what are the needs of children yes. how are we really responding to children who are more interested in technology than textbooks True. how are we responding to children who would never understand the value of reading a book mm. because they have screens to do that from i remember teachers reproaching children and telling them, you need to focus on your handwriting. And I would always tell them, this would have been like 15 years ago. I was like, there's going to come a day yeah. when a child will look at a pencil and ask you, what the heck is that? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And we have now arrived.
0: Absolutely, where, where that, that requisite now is about having a laptop access to internet, you know, all that kind of stuff that's now you know what is needed as opposed to having a having a having a book so yeah yeah and and, and it's still evolving it's yes, still, it's still, it's it still is. evolving it's still evolving
1: yeah so our job is to not be so resistant to the change and to not be so resistant to the needs of our children but yeah. rather to respond positively to what they will need beyond our time because um We are the dinosaurs, and it's very difficult for dinosaurs to learn new things. So we have to take on the challenge and decide this is how we are best able to serve this new generation so that they can really work towards their fullest potential. But we have to make that decision to really embrace the changes that are coming at us in all directions. Fabulous, fabulous.
0: So Sophia, thank you for that, and, but throughout your career, could you just share with us what has been one of your biggest challenges um, and how you overcame it and the lessons you learned from that whole process?
1: <laughs> yeah, so my biggest challenge, I would have to say, to date, and not even challenges, because most things you can, you can overcome, but my biggest challenge has been understanding myself. Okay. Understanding that there are roles that I must play. There are roles that I must adopt and that I must not fight against them. Right. I think for the vast majority of my life, I fought against myself. Okay. I fought against the real responsibility of looking yourself in the mirror and accepting this is what your purpose is. As difficult mm-hmm. as it may be, you must accept what your purpose is. And so I've done all sorts of things. And those things that I've done have not always been glorious Mm -hmm. in the outcomes. They have led me down very dark roads. You know, um, I I have battled with um, homelessness. Mm -hmm. Although you have a family that you can go to to support you in in those times where you're just in the wilderness trying to sort Mm -hmm. yourself out, trying to figure out who you are, what do you want to do in this world, mm. and realising that you are not honouring your authentic purpose. You are actually working towards building other people's dreams and you are sacrificing yourself.
0: Yeah. The beauty of that there is that you identified, you knew your purpose, but you were running from it. A lot of women go through life not knowing what their purpose,
1: yeah, I, I think we know exactly what it is. Yeah. I think we are not taking the time to stop,
0: yeah.
1: wait, listen to universe, listen to source, listen to the messages that are coming mm. to us because we are so confounded by life.
0: Yeah.
1: And we are not understanding that while we are trying to survive life, we are not living. We are not. Mm. And so years will pass and we will feel as if we have failed. It's true. And the source of failure does bring about so many societal ills. I, I've been reading a few studies and it's been saying that when a woman fails, gender violence increases. When a woman fails, the GDP of a country goes down. Yes. When a woman fails, the family crumbles, but when a woman fails, she dies inside. Mm -hmm. So then how are we able now to resurrect that spirit in that woman that would allow her to not only survive, but thrive in this world? How can we now allow her to put a microscope on her life, see the shadow work that needs to be done Mm -hmm. before she can walk into the light that is her true purpose? Right,
0: right. So what was that process like for you?
1: Ah, uh, it's been terrible, <laughs> but necessary. Yeah, I, I think we, 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 we try so much to avoid tragedy. Yeah that we spend so much time existing in it. We just fool ourselves thinking, oh, finally, we've gone, we have found our uh, end of the rainbow and now we are just yeah. in a field of flowers and such. <laughs> no, sister, <laughs> you are not because you are not facing the tragedy. You have to walk through. You have to go through in order to find the breakthrough. Yeah? Right. right. So I have had to do many things in order to... Leave my corporate life mm. behind. And mm. then once I had my son, it was all over for me. I was like, there's no way I'm going back yeah. to nine to four. I am not leaving this child. Yeah. And I think a lot of women really struggle with yeah. what that is. Yeah. It takes a lot for a woman to leave her child at home and return Absolutely. to work. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Totally agree. I have yes. Mine may have been a uh, a few decades back but I definitely remember the first time both times having to go back to work and the guilt the guilt that you know but knowing what you know, not what not knowing what else I could do or not being clear on what else I could do and having to trust yes somebody else with the care of your child you know and it's like who's going you know all the trepidation that comes with it so I totally agree with you.
1: Totally agree with you. Yeah. And um, I think women are the ones who are always expected to yes. make those very hard decisions. Definitely. Yes. You know, Definitely. and yeah. we are expected to leave all of the emotions that that, that conjures at home mm. and function at an optimal level at home for someone else who is going to reap those benefits. And then our mm. family are the ones that suffer. So I think women have to understand their place in this world. And the very first place in this world is understanding your entire home. This is my home. This is my being. This is my mind that I must understand. And once I do understand all of me and I am a whole person, then I can give other aspects of myself to the world without losing me. Absolutely, yeah, Absolutely.
0: and it is a process you can do. I um I coach a program called Your Life by Design, where I take women through the whole process of the introspection. You know what's stopping them from having um, what what causes them to have the limiting beliefs. How to stop the inner mean girl? I call it the self talk, the negative self talk, the imposter syndrome. You know all those things that stop us. A whole process to stop us. That tell mm-hmm. us all the reasons why we can't do something, why we can't be authentic. So then, slowly realizing, well, the whole issue is me. I'm the one yes. stopping me, not everybody else. It's all up here, mm-hmm. you know. And changing that That's mindset. It. So I'm so glad it's somebody else saying it, apart from me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So for Sophia, if you had to start over from scratch, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently?
1: Absolutely nothing. Excellent. Absolutely. Because the thing is, when I look at, sometimes I walk past the mirror and I take a glimpse of myself. And I am like, I love you. I love you. I'm in love with who I see. I am in love with who I am and in order for me to do that i had to walk all of those roads i had to have yeah. all of those experiences Yes, yes. that was the destiny yeah. that was mapped out and there was no way i was going to avoid that yeah. yeah so you have to do you have to do the work you have to get down and do it with yourself before you can come up all clean and shiny yeah. so i'm excited to see what this is going to look like in the next 10 years, in the next 20 years, even with the challenges that are definitely going to come. right? right.
0: right.
1: I am just really excited. And I, I wouldn't change anything about my destiny. You know, I am a powerful woman. I'm a strong woman. Yeah. And it's because of all those low times, all of those disastrous days, all of those days when you just felt like giving up yeah. and you didn't.
0: Yeah yeah. So, and yeah so so when you have those days and your confidence takes a knock how mm-hmm. do you get out of that circle how, that cycle that 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 vicious cycle
1: yeah i think i have always been very s- surrounded by very strong women okay and i'm not only talking about the women that are in my physical space my mother is an incredibly resilient woman i mean i have been I have seen my mother sit at a table with coins, five cent pieces, 25 cent pieces, just trying to find enough money for us to take a taxi to get to school. I have seen my mother, we have something that we call a bake here in Trinidad. I don't know what you all call it yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, Antigua. Uh, uh,
0: Johnny cake, fried <laughs> play the, the universe, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's it, and I've seen my mother make a bake at mornings and slice because i am the first of eight but five with my mom yeah pretty big family so i've seen my mother make that bake, slice the five slices and then none for herself she goes to work and hungry yeah you know and now today i can see my mother buy a ticket and fly to dubai because my sister lives there or travel Mm -hmm. the world so i've seen yes i have seen the struggle, and I've seen the success. And I honor those things. I honor the women who are in my life and how much inspiration they provide, even without knowing it. And for every woman looking at or listening to your podcast, you are inspiring people that you don't even know.
0: Absolutely. You know, I had the same conversation yesterday um uh, talking about the same thing and i have a term i call- have a term for it i call it you're a non-conscious influencer because uh, unconsciously yeah. you do not know who you're influencing and who's watching you who's looking at you who's watching your every move who is inspired by you so you know so we mm-hmm. and we all have that duty as women um to and i don't want to be responsible to say look it's a, it's a heavy load but the fact is you've You are influencing the next generation. You're influencing the women around you. Not even the next generation. Those who may be older thinking, wow, you know, I could really do that. Look what
1: she's doing. I I could do that. That's right. And I remember an elder telling me, an elder um, queen, she was saying, you know, just by the way you dress Mm. and you walk the street, Mm. you have influenced so many women to just stand up to just do the same. And I think what we have to do as women, it's something that I have become very comfortable with now, mm. but definitely not always, is that we have to be very comfortable by, with being the only.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, you're going to be the only woman sitting at the table. Yeah. Yes, you're going to be the only Black woman yeah. sitting yeah. at the table. Yeah. For me, I'm the only black Rasta woman sitting at the table. And um, just before my postpartum incident happened, you know, I had dreads all the way down to the floor. And so I would have a turban that was all the way up, you know. Yeah. And And I remember going into spaces with my turban, with my African um, prints, and and it would be so. Different because everybody is sitting there with their black suits and ties, and you know, a little, and I am there loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying to myself, listen, you'll need to deal with this sister that just stepped into this room because I am not diluting who I am for yes. anybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do not be this a, is me. Yeah.
0: yeah, be unafraid to be. Yes. Afraid.
1: Yes, and I have found, you know, like my sister's into etiquette, you know, and I've learned a lot from her. So she's into etiquette and she knows how to dress for the corporate meetings and all of that. And she'd be like, you are going to the meeting like that. <laughs> and then she would console herself in the same sentence and say, but anyway, you know, it's an artsy type of thing. So they would say, Oh. <laughs> like yeah I'm going like this and the thing is what I have found is that listen just be yourself just be who you are people respond to that energy yeah absolutely because the minute I step into the room I become the conversation
0: Yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah and everybody else is at ease around you and then you feel automatically at ease as well because now nobody is being stiff Everybody is talking like, where did you get that? I got this from yeah. South Africa. Where did you get this? Yeah. What's, the, what's the meaning of your name? Yeah. You know, and people get to know who you are. And that's just the best feeling in the world, that you don't have to constantly wear a mask.
0: Yes, You can
1: be yes. yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and authenticity, some people think it's a bit of a buzzword, but it's so true. Once you understand mm-hmm. your values, and you live to your values. The authenticity yes. becomes, becomes so much easier just to be who you are. So, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to be in one of those meetings with you. Would love to be in one of those meetings. I, I have been in the corporate world for, for a long, long time. So you would have been uh, a breath of a breath of fresh air. So most so, times, <laughs> yes, yes. So, so, so Sophia, what advice would you share with women embarking on their own leadership journey?
1: I would say, let people start pronouncing your name right. Say my name right. Say my name with authority. Take the time, just as you have done and many other people. Can you say your name for me, please? Yeah. Because I don't want to get it wrong. Yes. According to our traditions, and I, I really appreciate that, Janice. Like You have no idea how much I appreciate <laughs> that because most times People just feel so contented to butcher your yeah. name. Yeah. You know, I've had friends who say, okay, hi, Safiya Olo. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's Olagbala. There are meanings. You know, in our tradition, African people, to give a name to something gives it its power. Yes. And you cannot take away my power yeah by simply assuming that my name is pronounced a particular way. Because that is the way our erasure starts Mm -hmm. as women. Mm -hmm. When you start mispronouncing our names and just assuming we are who you think we are, you say, you take the time and say my name right. Yeah. you know, and then I've looking. I've been. I'm looking at a few studies that even tell you for women in leadership, how important that simple process is in commanding authority in the spaces that you are. Yes. That there are intonations. There are ways that you can you can use intonation to really project authority. So when we simply say our names, Asafia oh, Olagbalo, okay, we are not memorable at all. Yeah. Because you haven't even taken the time to speak your name and command authority.
0: Yeah.
1: Then, yeah. so it's advisable yeah. to peek at the end of your first name and then drop the peak at the end of your last name. Because when you peek at your, the end of your last name, it says, I'm not finished.
0: Yes.
1: There's something else that I have to say. Yeah. And then when you drop at the end, it's like, okay, I'm done now. Yeah. Yeah so and that makes it memorable so when you say safia it makes it memorable because it's just not like linear you know forgettable you know
0: and i I love you say about the name because as much as as simple as janice the word Janice is, um i used to go into people call me janet which really used to wind me up because that told me you didn't (laughs) listen to what i said and that's that was the first indication, you know. It's simple as that, but actually, there's an "is" not an "et," you know. It's different, mm-hmm. you haven't listened. So I would take note and say it's Janice, you know. And I mean, I'm, I'm, this is my this is my name. Don't rename me something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even my maiden name was, so people said, change it round and things like that. Even here now, we have an area uh, in Antigua and it's called Sutherlands. It has an "s" on the end. And if you know how many yeah. people will say, I'm like, no, 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 there's no S. There's no, what? Yeah. There's no S, you know. That's it, it. You know, so yes. So I'm with you on the name thing. It may seem yeah. finer, but, you know, but that is who you are and you need to own it. Let people res- put some respect on my name. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's right. Put some respect on my name. And, you know, another thing that I think is really important for women as well who are um, contemplating leadership or who are in leadership positions: sit at the table. Like there are lots of times that you would go to a meeting. Perhaps you come in late and the meeting has already started or everybody's already seated. And you want to sit at the side, at the back. No. uh,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Pull up a chair and you sit at the table because you have something important to say. Mm -hmm. You must be recognized as someone who is, has an authority on things Mm -hmm. and who has an opinion that will matter, that will really change the complexion of the conversation. Sit at the table.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's and think those
1: are the only two things that you do as yeah. a woman, Yes. If those are the only two things you do, that those might be the two most important things.
0: Absolutely. Totally agree with you there. Totally agree with you. So Sophia, so what do you think holds women back from going for their goals?
1: Fear. Yeah. Of? Fear of not being good enough. Fear of not walking in your purpose because it takes a lot to do that and you you have to sacrifice a lot. You have to sacrifice your comfort zone where you do not grow. Mm. You know, it takes a lot of discomfort. I I think about when babies are teething, you know, and it's such a painful process. Because there's the sharp, sharp teeth that are trying to burst through the gums, but it's such a necessary thing for them to go through. And for me, as a mother, you just want to soothe and comfort yeah. and make yeah. that process so much um, smoother for them. But yeah. it's something that they must go through. Yeah. Yeah. So I have suffered from I don't have a Ph.D. at the end of my name, but I sit with a lot of people who do and. Sometimes I go into a room and there are all these PhD people sitting at the desk and I'm like, can I do this? Can I do this? Yes, you can do this. Yes, you can do this. And let me tell you something, Janice. I summon every ancestor known and unknown (laughs) to stand with me in that moment because I need the strength. And that is what courage is. It's the strength to move forward when you think you cannot. Absolutely
0: absolutely absolutely be
1: courageous yes be yeah. courageous and just do it because you are meant to be here you are meant to do this there's nobody else in this world and there are how many billions of people in this planet you cannot yes, yes. Yeah. yeah you what are I the one like who you. has
0: to i like you
1: <laughs> yes Yes.
0: <laughs> you're, you're, we're on the same wavelength. We're on the same wavelength. So yes. so Sophia, share with us a success quote or a mantra that you use and why it's meaningful to you.
1: Uh, yeah, so I like to think about gratitude a lot. I think gratitude is the completion of a prayer. So you would wish for something, you would get the thing that you desired, and then what do you do? Do you express gratitude for having gotten the desire fulfilled? And for me, I think about a study that I read about recently that says gratitude and worry cannot coexist. Right. It's absolutely impossible. Scientists have studied this, they have studied gratitude and worry. So for women, for mothers. We always worry about things. I am a constant worry. I remember my my son, and it's this intuitive thing that children have with their, well, I have with my son, and I would be putting him to sleep at night, and he was just starting to, to vocalize, you know, and he would say, don't worry, Fafa, don't worry, Fafa. And I was like, How do you even know what I'm thinking? Because you know, at that time is when the day kind of like it it slows down. He's going to bed. So, you know, your thoughts are going all over while he's drifting to sleep. And he would just say to me, you know, don't worry, Fafa. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then as he got older, sometimes I would be doing something and he would come to me and he'd be like, You got this. Amen. Mm -hmm. You're four. Mm -hmm. He'd say, "You, You got this. And it's that intuitive nature that humans possess, but the universe also possesses that. Yeah. God also possesses that. So when we are in need,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the universe responds. We just have to say what we want, not what we don't want. We have to be clear. We must be clear and we must take the time as women to get clear because there are so many other things competing. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to take. That time for ourselves, that's important. Our self care, our nourishment as women, the mental nourishment, the mental diets that we need to go on at times because that self, that monologue.
0: Yes, yes
1: is so constricting to our growth and the way we can really flourish and blossom as women. So we need to take a mental diet. We need to change our internal dialogues. We need to understand that there is nothing standing in the way of our success, like nothing. You were born to thrive, and you were born to do exactly what you were meant to do. You just have to discover what that is and take the time. Even if it takes you all 20 years, 30 years, it's fine. People have become multi-millionaires and CEOs of powerful companies after in their 60s and 70s. Mm. They've taken all that time. Mm -hmm. Discover who you are and be gentle. Be gentle with yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I love that, I love that.
0: So let me ask you this question, Sophia. What advice would you, you said you wouldn't change anything. You said you wouldn't change anything Mm -hmm. if you had to do things differently. what advice would you give your teenage self
1: be patient i think i was just in a rush to do things you know i just i've always known i've always known that i was different i've always known that i was meant to do great things listen to me janice i'm under five feet tall all right but for me I just knew that I was a giant and that I had these huge accomplishments that I had to be about. You know, like I couldn't, we had to be, we had to be urgent about things. Like we sometimes were too relaxed. Yes. And now I understand what patience really is. Mm -hmm. Patience is knowing that the thing that you desire, you've already got. That you've already gotten that thing you want you're just, it's just a matter of time, but you're going to step into that success. You're going to step into that role. You're going to sit in that chair. You're going to have all of those accomplishments. You're going to get the house. You're going to get the car. You're going to get the husband, the partner that you want. Be patient and know 2021, W-O-N, it is the era, it's the year of knowing. We don't want to believe anything anymore. Believing always implies a little bit of doubt. Yes. But we know,
0: yeah,
1: with certainty, that once we are patient, once we continue to do the work that is required, we will have the desires. We will.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Love that. Love that. Love that. You really motivated me this morning. Yes. <laughs> So so if you you could choose a mentor, any mentor, um, who would it be and why?
1: Yeah, so, oh, I think I choose my parents every single day, any day of the week. I choose my parents because we came from a life that was one dime away from extreme poverty, right? You know, um, the fact that my parents were resilient and they understood the value of education and hard work meant that we never really crossed that line, but we were dangerously close. Yeah. And they inspire me. They inspire me to always understand how great I am, and I'm so happy that they instilled those values in me from a very young age. You know, um, my father was um, a Black Power member. Um, he he was very entrenched in that whole ideology of. Up ye mighty race, accomplish what you will. Very Gaviite, you know. Yeah. And uh, my mother, because she, she uh, formed a partnership with him, yeah. also had those values seep into her life and then transferred those to us. Right. So we have always been very cognizant of the fact that accomplishment is just a matter of application mm. and hard work, resilience. There are going to be stumbling blocks. We are going to be faced with many of them. What are you going to do? And I remember, and, and professionally, when I think about a mentor, I think about Jaheel Oliver, who is the CEO of Hello Chapter in Africa. Right. You know, I, I thought about what we were trying to accomplish at We Code Caribbean. Mm-hmm. We want to be the best. There's no substitute we want to have pillars of excellence that we allow children to mount so that they can become exceptional human beings and contribute in meaningful ways to bettering our society solve problems answer the questions solve the problems and um hello tractor who uh operates in about 14 or 15 countries in sub-Saharan Africa and also in Asia, when I thought about the work that we were doing and the work that they have been doing, I just wanted to align myself with greatness. I wanted to align myself with success. And I reached out to him as a very young um, founder, and I said, "You know, this is what what we're trying to do. I see you shaking hands with President Obama. I see the success of your company. Will you help me? Because NGOs have very little resources. Yes, yes. What we need to think about is how we can." Find the resources that are abundant for others, and hopefully, they will want to share them with you so that you can grow and find your legs as an organization and and become very progressive. So, I reached out to him and he said, Yeah, no problem. And I was like, When I saw the message and I said, Yeah, and I saw he said, Yes, I, I double checked is that did he really respond? This is somebody who is a CEO of operations in 14 different countries in Africa and um, a few in in Asia. And he's now moved into the Caribbean and he has taken the time to respond to my Mm. message in under an hour. Mm. Mm. And I thought to myself, apart from the success, that's the type of CEO and founder I want to be. Someone who acknowledges people and see them as people, and someone who can help others elevate to the levels that I have, I have achieved. Mm -hmm.
0: And and that's the power of that three little, that three letter word, ask. Because, you know, yeah, not, don't be fearful of asking, because if you ask, and it's a no, you're no worse off than you started. But look, at that! you asked, you asked, and what happened? Even you're like, Pinching yourself to say, did he really respond?
1: Yes. Yes. You never know. You're so right, Janice. Like, I hope that is one of the key takeaways that that people really let get into the depths mm. of their psyche. Mm. Ask. Mm. Ask and you will receive. Yes. I never ask with the with the idea that I'm going to hear or no. I'm yeah. always. Yeah. very optimistic that that person will say yes to me and I go in just that way I go in as if I send a message as if they have already said yes
0: right right
1: right it always kind of forces them to say yes because it's like okay did I actually say yes to this already because she's talking as if so at the end of the thing I was like okay so you know what after I send my message I say okay so Let's see if we can arrange a meeting for some time this week. And the person hasn't even read my messages yet, Mm -hmm. but I am already walking a path that is one that we have already made the introductions. You have said yes. You have responded in the affirmative. Now, what's the next step? I have presented the next step. So let's go.
0: Excellent. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Excellent.
0: So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's and it is having that mindset. You know, the fact is, it's going to be positive. You having that positive mindset, that growth mindset, that can do mindset, that makes the difference. Because if you walk around saying, "Oh, they're never going to give it me. They're never going to do this," you're almost manifesting mm-hmm. that. Because everything That's you do, every time you speak, you write, well, is, is is having this negativity attached to it. So, yeah, that, yeah, you, you're a girl after my own heart. You're a girl after my <laughs> own heart. So, Sabia, um, what are the three things you've learned about yourself during your career?
1: That I am always going to be who I am. I, I don't take things too seriously. You know, I try, yeah. and when I try, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just like listen Gil, just deal with yourself you know this is who you are this is who you are and um, I'm always conscious I used to be very conscious about what the world is going to think when they see mm. this you yeah. know how and you know how are they going to respond to you you know I, I think everybody has an image of what a CEO is and yeah. what a leader is and um, and do you fit that mold yeah. But I think I have within the last year, because We Code Caribbean is just a year old. Right. Um, most people think we have been in existence for such, so much longer, but we really haven't. We've been doing other fringe projects that have now led us to this right. really culminating um, big event um, that is We Code Caribbean. But for me, I have always been very conscious about that. Yeah. Uh, Are you doing the right things with your hands? Are you sitting erect enough? Are you using, are you, how do you have proper diction? What, and then I was like, that's too uncomfortable. It's too taxing. (laughs) It's not who I am. I just want to be comfortable being me. And I think there are a lot of people who are going to respond positively to that, you know? Um, Another thing that, I like how I never take no for an answer.
0: Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I can say that. I, can that. I, think,
1: <laughs> I think we take people take no for an answer way too easily. Like you have to persist. You have to be able to get knocked down, go back, knock on that door again. Eventually they'll open up. But you you have to keep knocking. I've been knocking for a long time, for many, many years on the same door, hearing the same no, hearing the same no, you're not ready, hearing your ideas are too wild, they're too (laughs) out there. But now finally, you're in your time, you're in your space, people are willing to listen to what you're saying, right? Yeah. And that is true for all of us. Mm. I don't want anyone looking at this podcast who are listening to the podcast to think that Success is an overnight thing. Mm. I have done so many things. I have had reggae dances.
0: Mm.
1: I used to have a weekly reggae dance. (laughs) That would pay my rent. (laughs) That would take me to the supermarket. I have... In Trinidad, we have these um, cars, right, Yeah. that have these big megaphones at the top and they go yes. around making yeah, we have
0: a, Yes, yes.
1: Okay, yes. so I have recorded death announcements and birth announcements and events that in the community just to make enough money so that I can stay out of an eight to four and I can take care of myself and my son. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Right? So it's not something that is not for every. Success is for everyone. Right. Success is for the person who has all the resources in the world. And it's also for all the people who have nothing. Mm -hmm. But their tenacity and their drive and their determination and ambitions, success is for everybody. So you can have it. You can own it. It is yours.
0: So let me ask you, what does success feel like
1: to you? Um, success for me feels like being able to complete a day without collapsing that for me, that's success. Like if I can do that, because for women, the demands are so great. I homeschool, I, I have a homeschool program. That's Mansa Musa Academy. I also homeschool my son right. and most times our classes begin at eight and nine at night right. but he loves school well we right. don't say school because he's unschooling right? right but we love that learning process so much that he doesn't care he gets his little backpack he comes right. he says set, he sets up his learning station he's like okay I'm ready now and I'm like looking at the time I was like it's almost half nine it's almost ten yeah. but let's go and if I can do all of those things and have meetings and respond to emails and once I can do all of those things and still feel as if I am whole, yeah, that for me is success.
0: Yes,
1: That I am still a whole person that I can give to my son where I'm not snapping at it because yeah. I'm just so tired or that I, you know, I just, want to look at every single day and live in that present moment. For me, that is success. Not worrying about the future. The future is bright. The future is successful. The future is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. But I want to enjoy these moments. And 2020 has taught us nothing. Yeah. Yes. It should be at least to add really enjoy the present moment with your friends, your family, your thoughts, mm-hmm. with yourself, love that appreciate that hold on to that
0: so so you've had an exciting journey so far but what next what's the arise of the Sophia and week and weeko caribbean
1: so we are right now in the process of designing a very special curriculum for the caribbean region we think that ICT, we think that tech, we think that um, FM Mm -hmm. should be on the critical agenda for education. Mm -hmm. And we have been waiting a while for governments to start understanding what that really means and what that really looks like, and then putting a framework in place that would really attack those problems with urgency. And we, Mm -hmm. we have not been seeing that. So... Being the creators that we are, we are going to create um, a syllabus, a a curriculum that focuses on all of those areas, but focuses on the areas where we can have children graduating from a program and really going into entrepreneurship in a very serious sense. We have been creating bridges between very important organizations like Stanford University and NASA and a few in the UK as well. Yeah. So that children can graduate our program using the curriculum that we are currently designing. Yeah. And then we can create these pipelines so that they can make their way over into these uh, institutions. Right.
0: right, right.
1: Those things are very important for us. And we are going to start teaching code on television because it's a oh. part of our 21st century agenda that we are not paying attention to. Children must learn to code. They should. Mm. They should understand the importance of it, you know, robotics and coding and AI. All of those things are very prominent in our society right now. And our educational systems, they they are not reflecting that. So we are developing what we call the Caricom Code Classroom, where we'll be teaching children around the region on television how to code. You can catch those episodes on YouTube as well. You can go to social media. You can sign up to register for our um, Caribbean Code Classroom. And you can join our online platforms on Edmodo and Google Classroom. All of those things so that you can get the requisite skills to yes. navigate this, this time that we are living in and become employable, there are lots of tech jobs, millions yes. of tech yes. jobs that cannot be filled because we do not have the experienced yes. people, people educated in the right way to fill those. And those are high paying jobs. Like some of the highest paying jobs in the world are STEM related, yes. STEAM related. Yes. Tech. Yes. Yes. And,
0: and one of the things so, I know so for us. Yeah, sorry. As I say, one of the things I know. Oh, very, I know is that, uh, that people of color, black people, Caribbean people, aren't well represented in these fields. And if we can right. put our nuance, show our take, put our influence on that, we'll always be on the outside looking in because it doesn't address yeah. our needs.
1: That's right. And then exactly what COVID-19 has done in, in many countries um, in the region we have had to put restrictions on imports. You know, our Forex situation is horrendous, right? So we have now had to depend on our economies in the Caribbean. So that what are we doing to strengthen and enforce our regional economies? Mm -hmm. So we have to start solving our own problems because... We have no guarantees that things are going to get better anytime soon. So if they do get worse, how are we going to survive? What are we going to do? So for us, agriculture is very important, yeah. which is why we are moving into IOT in agriculture. We are, really want more youth to get involved in agriculture. Yes. And I think the reason why a lot of the times it is said that young people don't like agriculture is because they associate agriculture with this back bending, hard work, hot sun. But we we want to make agriculture really attractive to young people. And with IoT and agriculture, we are incorporating technology. With agriculture, we are allowing children to bring their interest into a traditional field and impact it positively in that way.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So people want to know more about what you're doing and, and, and stay abreast and be involved or just basically want to get to know more. How do they do that, Sophia?
1: Okay, so you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is we Code Caribbean on Instagram and on Facebook as well. You can find us as well on our YouTube channels, which we are going to make live very soon. We have not unrolled our website as yet because we want our students, our young programmers to design our website. And that's how much faith and trust we have in our young people that we want our global presence online to be designed, created, inspired with that youthful energy. So they're going to design that as a, f- a special project um, that we'll be, um, you know, we'll be revealing those plans very soon.
0: Absolutely. So find
1: us on Instagram, yeah. find us on Facebook.
0: Excellent. And I'll make sure I put links in all, in all, all the show notes. So my last question, Sophia, is and with Miss Busy Woman. Where would we typically where would he find you typically at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning?
1: You would find me looking like a monster. This is as far as my self right? Because I do my self-care regime on a Saturday. So I'm there with my Aztec clay mask on my face. And he's like, Okay, Fafa, are you doing the monster thing again? So that's what I want to do. That's my time. To rejuvenate myself, to ground myself. I am doing my facial mask. I am drinking my green tea as I'm doing now as well. I love green tea. Um, you know, I'm just really relaxing. I'm listening to my reggae music. I love um, reggae music. I love African music. So I do all the things that I enjoy Yeah. Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Excellent,
0: excellent. And that's a great time to finish my interview thank you so much that was such a delight I loved every minute of it Sophia thank you
1: so much I thoroughly enjoyed it as well Janice I mean I first of all I just love your personality I just felt so at ease this was my courageous moment for 2021 Uh, yes yeah because everyone who knows me understands that I like being in the background. Yeah. That I like being behind the camera. Yeah. I like just, you know, on the fringes. That's me. You know, I lead from behind. Yes. Everybody can do their thing. I lead from behind. But I have been really thinking about how I can become more visible because uh-huh. I'm shy. So yeah. I just want to be a lot more courageous. And when you sent me the invitation to do, to do the podcast, I'm, I was tempted to say, I think my calendar is a bit booked and I would have been a <laughs> yeah, lot I have a, I so I have like, a okay. wide calendar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I would you. <laughs> I know.
1: So I said, okay, this is my moment of courage. I accepted the invitation and this is going to help me grow. The more I do these interviews, the more yes. I become more public, you know, I will grow. So thank yeah. you for being a major factor in my growth process for 2021. You're
0: welcome. And people need to hear more about what is happening. And that is one of that is one of my main drivers for this woman can is because people need to hear the wonderful stories, what's happening, how the women who are making those moves and making those changes, the future. So thank you for being my guest today. Thank you. Well, wasn't I right? Didn't I tell you that was a great interview? There was so much that came out of those th- that those interviews that when I was talking to Sophia. Things like be comfortable being the only in the room because so often as black women in corporate, black women in work, in male-dominated spaces, definitely in the STEM fields, we tend to be the only woman. We, tend, we can sometimes be the only black woman. So we have to get comfortable being the only. Own the fact that we've earned the right to be there. So I absolutely love that. That was a real big takeaway from me from from, from that interview. And then the other thing she said was that you have to go through like issues and challenges to find the breakthrough and that is so that is so right because our failures and what we see as failure is actually what makes us it's actually what gives us the ammunition to drive forward to make a difference to take that bold step to transition in our careers to do the next thing so Tell me what you thought. Tell me what you got out of it because as I said, I thought it was a great interview and I could go on for hours about this but I really want to hear from you. So don't forget you can connect with me on all the social media platforms, LinkedIn, Let's Connect on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, I am Janice Sutherland or you can email me at info at or don't forget you can join the This Woman Can community at coach. So, Until next week, don't forget, if I can, you can, this woman can, take care until next time.